This is Tort Talk with Terrence A. Gross, a board-certified personal injury lawyer. Welcome back to another episode of Tort Talk. I am Paul Stadden. I'm the questions asker facilitator, the person who doesn't really know all that much, but that's okay because I'm not going to be the person talking about legal matters. That is going to be Terrence Gross from Gross and Schuster. He's the guy who knows all about the legal stuff that you're going to want to know about. And should you want to contact Terrence, don't worry, we're going to give all his contact info at the end of the show. We come out with these episodes to give you information about legal matters that may pertain to your particular situation. So, Terrence, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. I look forward to talking. Great. Glad to be here. Well, let's talk a little bit about sovereign immunity, uh, dealing with the city, legal matters. I've heard this term thrown around. I've heard the phrase, but I got to be honest. I'm a layman. I don't really know what sovereign immunity means. I think of like diplomatic immunity or something like that, but this is something different than that, right? Correct. So, tell me about what sovereign immunity is. Why is it somebody, just an average Joe citizen, would need to know about this? Well, the average person, you don't need to know until you're involved in an accident with a sovereign. Ah, okay. And when we use the word sovereign or lawyers use the word sovereign, we're talking about either a a city, uh, any type of governmental entity. Uh, I have a lawsuit. I took a deposition today on a uh, case involving a sheriff's deputy that actually pulled out from my stop sign and violated my client's right away. So we have sued the sheriff. Oh. So if you sue the sheriff, I just settled a case where we sued the Okaloosa uh, uh, tax collector. One of his people driving a tax collector car rear into my client. My client ended up in surgery. So it's a lawsuit against a governmental agency of some sort. Uh, and I, of course, I'm an expert on the state of Florida because that's where I've always practiced. I suspect that each and every state in the United States has its own sovereign immunity statute. And of course, they're going to vary from state to state. But uh, for today's show, I will address Florida's law. And basically, um, it limits and gives you special set of rules for suing a sovereign. So there's a whole body of law. The rules are different. Uh, just to give you an example, attorney's fees. So attorneys in Florida on every other type of tort case or civil case are pretty much limited to one-third if we settle without a lawsuit and 40% if there is a lawsuit. That's generically the law in Florida. But when you have a sovereign case, the fees are reduced to 25% come hell or high water, which means 25% if I settle, 25% if I sue, and 25% if I even go to court. So it's a flat 25% pretty much maybe to cause lawyers to think twice before taking a sovereign immunity case. There's a reason for it. But more importantly, in Florida, the more draconian measure, they have a cap. And that means no matter what the jury says, you're capped at 200000 hmm. And so if the jury says 400000 you get 200000 uh, And we get a lot of these surgery cases. And what becomes a problem is that no, there is no mechanism to get more money uh, then the 200000 except for one small exception, which we'll talk about later. I don't okay, want to talk okay. about that right this moment. And maybe if you think to ask me later on today, we will. But with that being said, for 99% of the cases, you're limited by that 
cap. So a surgery case, you owe a hundred thousand in medical bills. Those are cases I'd normally settle three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars all day long, but not with a sovereign. And because there's only a limit of two hundred, they're willing to gamble more because there's no downside to them. So if the case is worth three hundred, they may offer a lawyer a hundred and fifty and dare that lawyer to go to court because what do they care? There's just no downside uh, to it. So they will push the envelope a lot more than State Farm or Allstate or Nationwide or some other carrier that may have a limit. So uh, with that being said, uh, the cases are usually litigated. It's very hard to settle it. And they know that lawyers probably are not real interested in trying a case, going all the way to court, still spending tens of thousands of costs, but only getting a 25% fee that also could be capped at 200. So that means the most you could ever get is 50,000. That may sound like a lot of money, but if it takes you four years to go to court and hundreds and hundreds of hours um, and maybe 20,000, 30,000 out of your pocket for experts, it's a chilling effect. But again, these are the laws of the land and, um, that, and we, ha- we are limited by that. The other trick, I mean, because you have to read the statute, and I know it backwards and forwards, and and really the general practitioner should never handle a sovereign immunity case. Let me tell you a true Pensacola story, and I'm from Pensacola, true story. There was a lawyer, and he's still out in practice here, but he's one of these lawyers that's a general practitioner, and usually what I say, they're a jack of all trades, master or none. So... He gets a personal injury case, and it's with a sovereign. He can't settle. He sues. He takes depositions, blah, blah, blah. Ends up in the courtroom. And now it's about four years after the accident, but he filed suit well before four years, so he's fine. It's very typical. takes you about four years. So everything's going fine until in the middle of the trial, the defense lawyer, when the plaintiff rested the case, the defense lawyer comes up to the judge and says, Judge, I want to make a motion to dismiss. And the judge says, on what basis? He says, this lawyer here never sent us the statutory notice according to Florida Statute 768. We never got the notice before the filing of the lawsuit. Therefore, there's a condition condition precedent that was never met. And therefore, we're asking you to dismiss the entire case. And the judge looked at it and, and examined everything. says, you're right. Case dismissed over right in the middle of a jury trial and the plaintiff is sitting right there. So her legal case against the sovereign just turned into a legal malpractice case. So, and so what I do, there's a special statutory notice that is required. It's the only type of civil case I do where you have to give a notice. There's a similar notice of medical malpractice, but I don't handle medical malpractice cases. But if you don't file it within three years, of the accident. It's a four-year statute of limitation, but within the sovereign immunity, there's a special certified mail. It's going to be certified mail. You got to give it to the right entity that you're going against. And if you don't do it by the book, you can have your case dismissed. So I do it. You know, if if it's pretty obvious, if you come in and you tell me a sheriff's deputy pulled out in front of me, well, duh. And within probably 30 days, I'm already doing the sovereign immunity notice, certified return receipt requested, and we keep the records and all that so they can never, ever complain. And then once I file a lawsuit, then I'll follow up with discovery and I make them admit 
isn't it true that you received the proper statutory notice? And they, you know, of course, have to say is they can't lie. Uh, uh, but that way, I don't have to worry about that. But it's just a little trap for the unwary. And, and this one general practitioner got caught up in that trap. Hmm. Well, let me ask you, this is something I've been kind of percolating on for the last few minutes, is why go after the sovereign in the first place? They're not the one that caused the accident. This individual is the one that caused the accident. Is there a benefit or is there a blockage that you can't do it? Because, again, that sheriff's deputy is the one that ran the stop sign. Well, uh, under the sovereign immunity statute, we're not even allowed to sue the deputy. So, Mm. plus, he wouldn't have anything anyway, but he's in the scope of his employment. And technically, you sue the sheriff. So whoever the sheriff uh, is, you name the sheriff, even though the sheriff wasn't driving. It's just a, a technicality. So even the, the with the property appraiser case, I didn't sue the employee of the property appraiser. I sued the property appraiser, and that's what you're supposed to do. In fact, if you've sued the actual uh, culprit, the actual wrongdoer, uh, they would file a motion to dismiss and the judge okay. would grant it. So just it's just the way it's written. You you can't sue the employee that's at the active negligent person. You sue their employer. So is that how this kind of came about? Was it was uh, you're going after the entity because they are the one that, well, holds all the cards? I mean, so how did this come about then? Well, you know what? That is a great question. I think we should save it for another segment for our next podcast. I'm looking at our time, and I think we'll wind this down, but what a great question to start off our next podcast. All right, let's do that. I think that's a really good idea. Uh, Terrence, I'm looking forward to talking more about legal matters, legal proceedings, legal issues, because I think that, well... I hate to say this, but I'm using this show as getting advice from you. So I don't know. (laughs) Maybe, uh, Maybe we can get more into some of this stuff later on. Hey, next show. Uh, let's talk about these Latin terms. I hear these thrown out a lot, uh, legal movies and court shows and these kinds of things. No idea what they mean. Uh, would love to know what they mean. Not that I'm planning on finding myself in court, but if I do, I'd kind of like to be prepared. So Terrence, thank you so much for joining me here on Tort Talk. I look forward to our next episode. How can people get a hold of you? Well, uh, there's all kinds of ways, but uh, locally, 850-434-3333. But really, in this day and age, the web, grossandschuster.com is the best. And many of the topics on the show are also on our webpage. Perfect. So if you have any questions that you want to look up on the webpage, just go to grossandschuster.com. You can find out everything that you need to know. But of course, if you listen to Terrence explain it, you're going to get it a lot better. So look forward to talking to you all next time. Thank you so much for joining me, Terrence.